0: the Atop the Pit Box podcast with your hosts, Zach and Josh. Good
1: evening, Fantasy NASCAR race fans. Welcome to the Atop the Pit Box podcast presented by ParadiseExecutiveProperties.com. In this episode, we will touch base on Watkins Glen and the chaos that ensued there at the end and preview this weekend's race at my favorite racetrack the daytona international
0: speedway josh how you doing zach it's it's daytona week so obviously super pumped uh also super pumped to see that you're still doing the podcast you know i know that you've had some setbacks fantasy wise which uh had put your your uh commitment to the podcast in in question and i'm just really happy that you decided to show up tonight <laughs>
1: I'd never let you let you down and leave you hanging, buddy. So I that was never going to happen. But uh, I, I, it is it is more fun when when your teams are are in contention to make the playoffs. So I, I will say, I'll that give you
0: I'll give you one of mine to root for. Okay, I got well, a couple. I got an extra one. I think I can... I, I don't want
1: to do that. I don't want to do that. <laughs> but nonetheless, man, good to see you. Uh,
0: always always fun to do this. So before we go any further, we just want to thank you for listening. Uh, Appreciate the time that you spend with us each week. If you enjoy the podcast, please give us a five-star review. It does let, uh, other people find the podcast and helps grow us, which is ultimately the goal. Uh, November 6th, uh, Westside and Harland, uh, end of the year celebration should be a lot of fun. So plan on watching the, uh, the last race there. And speaking of trying to grow the league, we are trying to grow it for next year. We've had a hundred entrants this year, uh, we want to try to increase that for next year, so we need your help. So please tell your friends and family, anybody that you know that may possibly want to join this league, have them visit atopthepitbox.com and on that site, you can register for when the league opens up for next year. We'll send out an email to all those uh, entrants that we get. Just let them know that it's that it's open. So Norton also created a Facebook page. So if you're on Facebook, Go ahead and give that a like, and, and see if we can uh, grow this. You know, to to be as big as we can. So thanks in advance for your help, and and we appreciate you. And uh, let's talk some free agency now.
1: Yeah, we got some more news this week. Uh, more free agency topics to discuss. The the one that got announced literally last Wednesday. So the night or like the morning after we we taped our <laughs> podcast last week, it was announced that Ryan Blaney has signed a multi year deal. Uh, to stay with Penske Motorsports or, or Penske Racing. So the thing that's odd about Penske is they really don't announce like contract terms or anything like that. So, uh, if you remember some of our early podcasts, Ryan's Blaine, Ryan Blaney's name was brought up as a potential free agent, uh, just because they're really coy about you know how long these contracts are are for. So, with that being said, though, Ryan Blaney is going to be at Penske for a long time. So he is, he is off the free agent list if he was on it. And if not, he's, he signed a a multi-year deal to stay there. The other news that is starting to leak, and we've kind of touched base on this as well in previous podcasts, but there is some really, really strong, uh, it's a strong likelihood that Eric Almirola is coming back next year. Uh, There was an announcement put out and then retracted saying that he's coming back for one more year in 23 with Stuart Haas. Smithfield was going to stay with him and be his primary sponsor that was retracted. He says he's still thinking about it. So he's a little back and forth. No one really knows what's really, you know, what the truth is, but it's from all, from everything that I've been able to read and gather, I believe it's a pretty strong likelihood that Eric Almirola is going to come back next year. So Thinking about our, our our, boy Kyle Bush. <laughs> if the number ten's not open, where does he go? What driver's what seat is open for him? Uh with with those two news coming out. Can you can you think of a team that stands out, Josh, or what are your
0: thoughts? So it's not surprising that Ryan Ryan Blaney signed that deal. Um smart on on his part to or Penske's part to lock him up. Um, Almarola, I I I guess I don't really understand is it him just not sure about wanting to race or is the team not sure they have somebody to take his spot and so they're basically trying to fill that car.
1: I personally think it's the latter of the two. I think it's they they want him there because Smithfield will basically write the check that allows that team to race and I don't think he's a very expensive driver so it it's a benefit to the organization to have the big sponsorship dollars a cheaper driver the results haven't been there they haven't been consistent so that's why i'm just like it seems like it's almost like a sign of desperation from Stuart haas saying like we need this guy to come back next year rather than trying to fill a seat with maybe an up-and-coming up-and-comer driver from the xfinity series or swing for the fences and see if you can get Kyle Busch to sign with your organization.
0: One thing that has been floated out there uh, for Kyle Busch is if Kurt Busch is unable to race again, which would be a, a damn shame, but if it is you know, a situation where he's not able to race, does Hamlin go to Reddick and say, or to that team and say, how much is it going to cost for me to, to just take reddick right now um, and maybe work out some kind of deal and then have have Kyle Bush go to to Richard Childress
1: yeah i i also i've heard those rumors as well about RCR maybe being the front runner right now if, if nothing gets done with Joe Gibbs uh Denny it could Ham- be a,
0: it'd be a win win for them right cuz they'd get Kyle Bush and they, they i mean they have all the leverage against 2311 so they're going to get a good deal Seems like oh, it would be a, a really a win for them, and and then 2311 gets Redick. so yeah, I, don't see I a mean, downside, it's, it,
1: yeah, I agree. It seems like almost like a win win for both. Uh, I have heard rumors though, um, that Kyle Bush 2311 might be an option next year, so I'll kind of flip the script instead of going after Redick and, and getting him to fill a seat next year for Kurt Bush, like you said. It'd be a shame if he couldn't race next year, but if for some reason that comes to fruition, maybe Kyle Busch steps in. He's in that ride for a year, and then hopefully after that, you know, Reddick steps in. Either they they move to a three-car team, or if they want to stay a two-car team, then hopefully Kyle Busch at that point has some sponsorship dollars or, or some companies lined up to then maybe either go back to Joe Gibbs or, or go to another race organization. So there's a lot of different scenarios that are being
0: talked about right now. And and you just mentioned a team that we did not talk about, Joe Gibbs Racing. Probably not going back there, right? I mean, I I can't see it.
1: it the the longer this thing goes, the, the less I think he probably
0: goes or stays with Joe Gibbs. We've been which talking is a, about this since the beginning of the podcast. So this has been going on. <laughs> For for sixteen weeks, yeah, and
1: and he so he he opened up in the media session. He he's starting to open up more and more. He's more vulnerable. He's basically you know giving more insights into his life. And if you look at his results in the last five to ten weeks, I mean Kyle Busch say ten weeks ago was a top three fantasy driver for us in regards to our league, and the last ten weeks he is he has not had very good results and I think this is starting to get to him the performance on the track is starting to be impacted by it which is why if I'm Joe Gibbs man just either figure out a way to get this done especially with playoffs starting so that hopefully it doesn't you know hopefully that helps propel him into the playoffs and and give him some momentum going and he gets back to the you know old Kyle Bush or if you're just if you're just stringing him along just just end it now just tell him yes we're not bringing you back so at least he knows and and again hopefully the on-track performance picks up but the last couple you know five to ten races have not been good for kyle bush and i don't think it's a coincidence i I think it has something to do with this free agency thing and him not knowing where he's going next year
0: And it would mess with anyone after a while like even even an average person you know a minor event would would bother them in this situation this guy's this is his livelihood. I mean, he's got to be focused to to beat the other drivers on the track. And I mean, any little thing, and this isn't little, but anything that could distract him, I think over time is is, uh, definitely going to hurt him.
1: Yeah. And it's it's not just like he said in his his interview, it's not just me and and what I'm going to do next year NASCAR wise. It's his family and he's also got to think about his truck team. His truck team is sponsored you know is a Toyota truck team right now. So if he goes elsewhere, say he goes to RCR, that's Chevy. He then has to try to get Chevy to join his cup or to join his uh, truck team, and then he has to redo all of that stuff too, you know, different everything there. So I mean, this
0: is going to be a lot more complicated than what most people think. So let's go to the race, which had a an interesting finish. So Kyle Larson, I don't know what you want to call it, shoves, pushes, aggressively drove into Chase Elliott and uh, and wins the race. So Kyle Larson is your winner, which uh, he also won the Xfinity race. And by coincidence, he beat Almendinger in both those uh, races first and they were they finished first and second. So Almendinger was second in both of those races. And just couldn't get past uh, past Larson. I thought it was a pretty good race, Zach. I'm I'm interested to hear your thoughts on on what you saw.
1: Uh, The race uh, it was entertaining. That you know, the the stage one, great. Middle stage, I didn't think was very good. The last four or five laps, though, fantastic. (laughs) Uh, You mentioned you know Chase Elliott, Larson, teammates skinned into each other. I, at first, thought Larson made another mistake, like he did at the Indy Road Course race, got in too hot, kind of shoved Chase Elliott out of the way, and, you know, we were texting back and forth. I thought, you know, he went in there and just completely punted him, moved him out of the way, wrecked him on purpose, uh, egregiously, and maybe took him out, whereas, you know, Chase Elliott couldn't finish, but you watch the race and I'm like, yeah, they didn't look too bad. But then you hear his interview at the end of the race, basically saying, yeah, I, I don't feel good about it. I did what I had to do. Basically saying, yeah, he, he pushed him up the track on purpose and that was his only shot to win. So uh, when he said that, I was like, oh, eh, okay, then that makes, that makes it a little worse, especially for, for Chase Elliott fans. And uh, you know, they had a team meeting competition meeting this morning. It sounds like, Kyle Larson did a lot of listening. Chase Elliott did a lot of talking (laughs) and uh, we'll see. We'll see if there's any, any repercussions come playoff time for these two, two guys. But you know, these two have got to be two of the probably four or five favorites for the championship this year. So as an organization, you know, Jeff Gordon uh, and and the president of Hendrick Motorsports along with Rick Hendrick himself, they've got to get these two guys on the same page because these two drivers are probably their best chances of winning a championship there as an organization. So you just don't want to see this linger into the playoffs.
0: And I think if two, two guys are going to be able to do it, it's going to be those guys. They're going to be able to uh, command the room and and they're going to have enough respect uh, from Chase Elliott and from Larson to, to be able to kind of help them through this. Let's go back to that, that lap. So I'm pretty sure that you somehow paid Kyle Larson to do this because it looked all, it looked all but certain that you were going to have to take a pie in the face and you were, you were already mad because you, I ruined the race because you're trying to watch it later. And I really wanted to, to get this one right and have it be Chase Elliott that did it. And I, I do think that, that Larson uh, did what he had to do, but, we talked about in the, uh, in the, the, road course, the aggressive driving towards the end of the race and Logano going deep. And it's just, you, you've seen it over and over again, that aggressive racing. So what do you, what do you think about the way that that race finished from a racing standpoint? so first off, I did pay Kyle Larson.
1: I <laughs> I had a radio connection with him during the race, as crazy as that sounds. I told him, hey man, I can't get a pie in the face. You gotta take him out. He did the job. I wrote him the check. Everything's all all. Imagine all is if, well. if it
0: was if it was shave your head, how nervous you would have been.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would have been I would have been super <laughs> be nervous. Great. But like you said, I, I saw the tweet you guys put out with, with the pie in the face. I don't watch the race until at night, hanging out with family, doing stuff during the day. I'll watch the race at night. I thought for sure Chase Elliott won. So I was super, super angry when I when I saw that <laughs> on my phone. And then all of a sudden, like 10 minutes later, I see another tweet, tweet come through, and it says, Pi's going to have to wait. Kyle Larson wins. And I'm like, what is happening right now? I was so confused. But nonetheless, I was glad to see Larson win, like you pointed out. These, these road course races especially have just soured my opinion of road course racing in itself because like we've kind of talked about at work, it, it seems like it just turns into a wreck fest at the end. And by that, I mean, if there's a driver in second place, he, they're not going to try to pass the first place driver clean and they have an excuse because that's how everybody is racing these road courses right now is they will just go in, try to take the you know first place driver out and, and win the race that way. And to me, that's not racing. It's, it's, uh, it's just not a fun way to watch racing. In my opinion, it's not a fun way to race. And, and the outcome is,
0: is a little tainted in my opinion. What are your thoughts about that? I think you have the old school NASCAR mentality. I don't know. I really enjoyed this race. I'm not a big road course racer or road course fan. Uh, but I thoroughly enjoyed this one. I liked the, the turns where they're not, you know, coming to a complete stop. Pretty much. Um, those hairpin turns are, are not my favorite. Uh, so this one was much more fluid and, and going around the track was, it just was, a. I just liked the elevation changes. It just was really a cool track for me. Um, uh, I love the storylines. I love starting in the rain. So stage one, they had the, 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 the rain lights on and the rain tires on. So that really started the, the strategy for these. These teams came in with a, a strategy and, and really had to adjust it on the fly due to the rain.
1: Yeah, like I said, stage one was really, really good, and, and to me, what made that fun, like you pointed out, is these teams started on rain tires, and they were racing in the rain, and it was just fun to see the guys try to get through the corners without spinning out. You could definitely tell they were going slower, and then as the track started to dry, you could see these cars just doing some crazy stuff, just weave in all over the track because they are trying to find water to keep these tires cool because the rain tires get hot really really fast if they don't have you know water to keep them cool so it was really fun to see these drivers maneuvering all over the racetrack trying to get their tires cool and it's just fun to see get these guys racing in the rain so again like you pointed out stage one was really fun in my opinion to watch it was entertaining Uh, and there was a lot of strategy involved you know some guys decided to pit thinking they could make it on one more stop. Some guys wanted to race for the stage points. So you had a mixed bag of strategies that again, also made it fun from a fan standpoint.
0: So Chase Briscoe wins stage one and really was, was due to the, the, the front cars going on that one pit strategy. Um, and so they pitted right before the end of the stage and Chase Briscoe won stage one, Logano wins stage two and, uh, Elliot led the most laps. So, Elliott fans like myself still get the bonus points for the laps led even though Larson took it away for the win. And we talked to last week about the Project 91 that uh Trackhouse Racing was doing. So, what are your thoughts on the overall weekend with with that project and how did the driver do? So, I
1: find it funny that you you haven't mentioned his name because you can't pronounce it.
0: <laughs> you avoided the subject the whole time. I was kind of hoping you would jump in and and I, Kimi Räikkönen or something like that. I think. Yeah, so. that's pretty good. Man. Yeah. No, uh,
1: Kimi Räikkönen. Uh, that first stage, he looked really really good. I mean, he was 15th to twentieth place there. I think he might have even you know got closer to the top ten. Uh, Maybe even to start stage two, but he was having a strong performance. He looked like he belonged out there on the track. And, I mean, he was besting Martin Truex there. Kevin Harvick, you know, those are two drivers that, you know, have been in the sport a long time. And Kimmy, his first time in a next-gen, you know, NASCAR Cup car, was outrunning him, which I think is just crazy. It just shows how good a driver he is and how good a talent he is, uh, even though he's been out of F1 for a while. So. I was really impressed, you know. Unfortunately, he got caught up in a late race accident. I think in the uh, in the S, where mm-hmm. you know a driver got kind of got sideways in front of him. He had a checkup, car bounced off him. He veered left, went into the tire barrier, and ended his day. Uh, but overall, I thought he did a really, really good job. And I think Project Ninety One wants to do like six to eight races next year. I can't remember if they have any more left this year or not, but. I hope he gets another chance next year to to show off his talents because I was really impressed with that run.
0: Yeah, he, he did. The commentators were were mentioning it, how, uh, how well he was running and obviously he wasn't going to win, but it was, it was nice to see. I know it brought a lot of eyes from, uh, from F1 over to, to NASCAR for, for a, a couple hours. And I thought he, they gave him a good race to watch. So I think hopefully everyone was entertained uh, by that. One team that's not entertained is Toyota and your pick, Martin Truex. Not so good on these road courses.
1: Well, I I was concerned about that. And I mentioned that last week when I picked him. I'm like, God, this pick sounds terrible because Toyotas <laughs> just have not been good at all at road courses. I thought maybe they'd get lucky, maybe sneak one out with with strategy. Unfortunately, that never happened and when you look at the race, I mean the highest highest finishing Toyota was Christopher Bell in 8th place. He's another really good road course racer along with Martin Truex, and they haven't sniffed a win at all in these road course races from you know my memory or what I can recall. So, he finished 8th and the next highest finishing Toyota was Danny Hamlin in 20th. So you think wow. about that, they have two guys in the top 20 and everybody else finished at the back half of the pack which just shows you they just have had a terrible season on the road course race or or road course races and you got to think come playoff time there's a couple road courses on the playoff schedule i wanted to ask you toyotas have got to be concerned about that because you might as well just take that race off the schedule Uh, Or or for that, you know, three race stretch and they have got to win or point really, really well for those first two, because the road course race is not going to go well.
0: Yeah, that's, that puts a lot of pressure on those other two races. And when you're dealing with, uh, short tracks and and other types of speedways that are in the, in the playoffs, anything can happen and and you don't want to put all your eggs in. It's nice to be able to to spread it out over three races and, and be able to, uh, advance that way so they are definitely up against it uh as far as the race goes i thought it was really good you kind of didn't like it and i can't wait to hear what jeff gluck said uh about the uh about the race let's hear it
1: well so let me just say again these road course races to me there's too many of them on the schedule one and two, like I pointed out, they've just turned into whoever's in second place. If they're close enough to the first place driver with two, three, four laps to go, they're going to wreck them to win the race. So that is why what is
0: that? I, why is that change this year? Is it is it the car?
1: So I, there, I think it's two things. One, the, the pressure of winning is so unbelievably high <laughs> for these guys because the sponsorship because of you know free agency, driver seats, these guys have to perform well on the track in order to hopefully get a ride or, or a new contract moving forward. So you take that into account. So that's one. And number two, these new cars, these next-gen bodies, are so much more stronger than the old cars, which is giving these guys almost a level of, of no fear and that if I crash into a guy, the old car, you're toast. You're, you're DNF. You're done for the day. Well, this new car, you could do a lot of beating and banging and still get top fives. I mean, there's there's been pictures, you know, especially at the Speedways, where there's, these cars are taped up everywhere. Fenders are caved in, and they still finish in the top five. So these cars are just a lot stronger, which unfortunately is leading to these guys just being ultra aggressive on these road course races especially and and not being afraid to to take guys out which again is what I, why i hate these road course races so much more than i used to in the past is there but, any
0: chance hold on is there any chance that nascar will because the bodies can take this damage and they know these guys are going to bump it will they make adjustments to some of these corners and these turns to make it maybe not so give the maybe not to give them the opportunity to to cut down like that
1: i don't know nascar loves what they're seeing right now at these road course races especially with the the bumping and banging i mean it 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 makes the fans more excited it drums up you know eyes and views for for nascar as a as a business so they're loving what they're seeing on the track from a business standpoint especially and then you got to think these tracks i mean they're not going to go basically reconfigure a bunch of road course races to avoid situations like that. Cause that helps the bottom line from a business standpoint. So I think it's unfortunately here to stay. That's just what we have to watch and what the drivers have to deal with. So, uh, it's definitely not going to be the last time that we see this, uh, you know, on these road course races, especially this year, I think come playoff time when you have a, when there's a couple <laughs> guys there that need to win to advance, you're going to see some really, really desperate moves. And and desperation come through. So this is a, this is a storyline and a topic that I think we're going to be talking about for the next 11 races to end the year. Probably going to
0: have some hurt feelings uh, oh. at the end of those races too. <laughs> That's an understatement, man. There's going to be some,
1: there's going to be some really, really angry drivers at the end of the day when, when they get moved <laughs> out of the way, hopefully we see some payback uh, that, that drums it up from an entertainment standpoint, but uh, one more race until the uh, playoff start. So we'll see how it goes. But As you pointed out, Jeff Gluck's poll, when I read this and I saw these results, I about fell out of my chair. I couldn't believe it. His poll said 92.7% of voters said yes, it was a good race. Yes. I didn't click into it to see how many voters were out there to see if this was like a couple hundred voters. That would kind of change my perspective on it. If there was a lot of voters, and again, that's pretty impressive. But nonetheless, 92.7%. I knew it. It is the highest rated race this year.
0: Unbelievable. The whole whole year? The whole year, man.
1: (laughs) Number one. That's why, like... Wow. I, I don't agree with that at all. You know my opinion. I didn't think it was that good, but... You thought it was a good race. Did you think I mean, I it, was it was a good. number
0: one race of the year race? No, no. Um, again, I think it's the endings. People like that—the bumping and the the cutting off and the going crazy at the end on those restarts. I I think I think a lot of people do enjoy that. It uh, gives them purpose for watching the the last three hours. They're like it pays off. It's like ah, oh, I got my I got my finish. That was that was fun. Um, <laughs> it was it was good. Yeah, it's it was the reward, the reward for watching the race. Right. So it was it was good. I'm I am very shocked that it is number one. But that's I I'm not shocked. It's high. But it, yeah, wow, number one. Well, number until one. next week, right? It's probably well. <laughs> next week is let,
1: let's take hope. That off. Let's hope. But I think you hit the nail on the head there. I think I think. Fans have a recency bias almost where they see the last three laps, they see a wreck, a driver gets taken out of the lead, you've got some, you know, animosity there, or, or a
0: storyline that you otherwise and, and let's wouldn't be honest, have. How many of those people actually watched the race? And how many just you know, saw the the clip of the ending and was like, Yeah, it was a good race and, and decided to click it. Yeah, you, know, you don't I wish know how was... many <laughs>
1: I wish there was some more in-depth stats on, you know, maybe have a longer poll. Just like, did you watch all the, I mean, like how much race? Off of a, a random Twitter poll. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, I mean, again, he's That's been it. doing this for a long time. He's got a huge database to go off of. I think he started this maybe 16, 17, 18, somewhere there. So, I mean, there's a couple oh, really? of years of data here. So new. it's not like it's just, it just started. So gotcha. again, I, I am shocked by this poll. I don't agree with it at all. I thought maybe it would be around the eighty percent. What was mark? the number one? You know what the number one was? It was Fontana. Before. It was Fontana, okay. California. Um, just with the and, number of passes. And that one was and before our podcast,
0: forth. I think. Yeah, that was before our podcast yeah, it was. started. So, yeah, we'll so, to talk about that one. But so yeah, so Chase Elliott finishes fourth, so close to getting the pie in the face, uh, but Zach escapes. True X was never a factor, finishes in 22nd. Uh, so we'll see. Maybe later he'll he'll be able to pick a winner, you know, got one more race in the regular season. So let's uh go to the fantasy discussion. Kind of uh an interesting week going into the fantasy. Uh, you know, we thought that we've been seeing a lot of movement in the top 10 and um a lot of people falling and and big scores. This one was kind of an average week team-wise, 66 points. Should be a little lower than Daytona next week, I would imagine. Uh, but 66 was the average for this week. Keeley Park and Jeff Paulson each had the high at 116. So rough weeks for, uh, for those two. And Adam Studer with another good week, 14 points. And he is trying to make a late season push for this uh, regular season championship. Because when we we look at the top 10, Amy Weiss stays at number one for the fourth week in a row. 41 points for Amy's team. But we have a new number two. And Adam Studer moves up three spots without 14 points and takes that number two spot. Number three and number four, Ryan Brash, number two, and Crazy Dale, number two, both uh, stay at three and four with 38 and 49 points. And we get to team number five, and it's been a long time since this team has been this low in the standings. Taylor Schleiss, down three spots, 68 points, so not a good week for Taylor. And this is the furthest down he's been in, in a long time, so we'll see if he can bounce back. Uh, number six, up five spots, is Kinnick Rolfus with 23 points. He rejoins the top 10. Adam Holt stays at number seven with 35 points. Reagan Rolfus falls two spots to number eight. And then Bigger Sandwich and even Bigger Sandwich stay at nine and, ten, nine and 10, and they had 50 and 44 points respectively. And Steve Rolfus, number four, has fallen out of the top 10. Uh, he did only fall to P11, had 69 points, but uh, was a, a pretty steady participant in the top 10 for these last couple weeks and uh, has fallen out. So, Zach, we got a, a top 10 with Amy Weiss at the top and Taylor Slice fallen and a couple new names. What are, your, what are we thinking about for this top 10? So I was really
1: surprised that there wasn't more cautions or, or you know, weren't more big wrecks uh, at Watkins Glen, especially on some of those, you know, sh- uh, straightaways. If a car gets turned sideways there on a straightaway, it usually collects three, four, or five cars. So, you know, going into this week, I figured this would be a high point week. You know, unfortunately, it wasn't. You know, 66 is just an average race. So um, shocking, shocking that the points weren't higher. But when, when you have an average race, there's not going to be a lot of movement. I feel bad for, for Taylor. You know, he pretty much dominated the whole season up to about the last couple of weeks. But he's still in the top five. Once playoffs start, it's a new game. So we'll see if he can rebound and, and make a run in the playoffs. But Amy Weiss uh, looking real strong now, uh, being, you know, number one driver, number one team in fantasy. So other Let's than that, take a though, look
0: at. I want to look at uh, Taylor's team. And see who did not have a good week this last week. So Chase Elliott, Ryan Blaney, Logano, and Chastain got 21 points. So Blaney and Chastain really hurt Taylor there. And then Adam Studer's team, Kyle Larson, and Chase Elliott. So that's, uh, that's a good combination. Logano, right Buescher, and Bell. So yeah, all guys in the in the top 10, 15. Yep. So really good, really good scores there. So interesting to see those team makeups and how they've kind of uh changed over the course of the year and one week to go. Yeah, so let's
1: let's jump into the biggest risers this week. Lois heasy went from P50 to P33. Lisa Abel went from P33 to P eighteen. Uncle Bob Schaefer went from <laughs> P-38 to P-24. Shout out to Uncle Bob in West Virginia. You're making some moves.
0: In the playoffs.
1: In the playoffs. So we'll see if he can sneak in after Daytona. Uh, it's going to be a good race. We'll see if it happens. And the final rise of the week, Justin Norton, number one, our commissioner, went from P-54 to P-40. You look at those He's trying teams, to make the playoffs. He's trying. He's trying. He's trying. Well, it, it might be. Might be too late. The uh the fat lady's already at the microphone, the music's <laughs> already playing, but she hasn't sang yet, so we'll see see if he can make a last last race move. But you look at those teams. A lot of Kyle Larsons, Chase Elliott, uh Logano. I think Brad Keselowski might have had a decent day. Eric Jones up there as well. So again, you have Chase Elliott, you've got Kyle Larson. Those two combined, you're going to have a pretty solid week, even if your other two drivers or three drivers don't have that good
0: of a, a, a race. Speaking of Chase Elliott, I know Norton tweeted this out, but I just want to bring this up because this is just insane. Uh, Chase Elliott is the number one fancy driver of the, of the year, which shouldn't come as any surprise to anybody. But he is 116 points better than, than Martin Truex, who is the second best fantasy driver. That is just ridiculous. I think his average finish is seven point six this year. Just a remarkable, remarkable year for Chase Elliott and uh proud of my boy for for what he's doing.
1: Yeah, I've been I've been saying this for the last, you know, five to eight weeks. That if you've got Chase Elliott on your team, you're probably gonna be pretty close to making the playoffs, if not in the playoffs, because I have never seen a driver do this. I mean, Kyle Larson dominated last year. But he had a ton of DNFs and a ton of wrecks combined with all the wins. So you look at what Chase Elliott's doing with his average finish and and the number of wins and stage points he's accrued. Just really wish I had Chase Elliott on my team because he is dominating this year. We haven't seen it like this before. I'm kind of curious to see if we'll ever see it again moving forward. But Chase Elliott is just having a really strong year. And unfortunately, if you don't have him on your team, there's probably a high chance or a high likelihood that you're you're fighting for a playoff spot if not out. So, uh, just another impressive, impressive run for Chase there at, at Watkins Glen. And his season, just again, is, is really, uh, really admirable and, and, and unbelievable how well he's done. With that being said, you look at the fallers this week, you pointed it out. Keeley Park dropped 20 spots, went from P21 to P41. Our boy Brad Larson Dang. went from P28 to P44. And yours truly, man, this team is just tanking so (laughs) fast in the last four or five weeks. Went from P36 to P48. I just want to point out, because you were bragging about how many teams you have in the top five, top ten this year. This is the first time I believe that you will be in the playoff
0: hunt. Oh, yeah. I've never made the playoffs.
1: I've made the playoffs since the league started. It's me and Norton both five, six, seven years straight. So let's see if you can uh, even come close to that kind of performance. But with my team tanking, I, I just don't think I'm going to be able to sneak into the playoffs. So it's going to end my consecutive playoff appearance. Again, I'm really, I'm really sad about that. It's unfortunate, but I don't have Chase Elliott on my team. So I, I just didn't stand it's, a chance. Uh, it,
0: it's, it's an impressive run. Uh, I will give you, it's kind of sad to see it end. Uh, I, like I said, I've never been in the playoffs before. So this is all new to me. I just want to do one, one year at a time, but it, (laughs) uh, to make the playoffs that many years in a row is, is uh, very impressive. So I will tip my cap to you, sir, on your past performances. Unfortunately, you made a crucial error and didn't take the best fantasy driver there is and take the number nine car. So,
1: and you say is and maybe ever was because this is just maybe. unreal what he's doing. So yes, I may you have to have out,
0: that guy look up what the the best you know the best fantasy point drivers were the last you know three or four years. See see how he compares because um, like to put some perspective around that. So would I. So would I. So with that being said, you look at those
1: teams. A couple teams did have Chase Elliott, which was a little surprising to me. But you look at the rest of the team, you know. Kurt, Kurt Busch, who didn't race, but Ty Gibbs, I don't think he had that good a day. Kyle Busch wrecked there late, so he finished toward the back. Kevin Harvick struggled, and then Bubba Wallace struggled as well. I mean, Toyota's just a terrible, <laughs> terrible day at Watkins Glen. So, again, you have those drivers that, that finish toward the back, especially on an average point week of, you know, 66 points. Uh, you're probably going to fall, and you're going to fall pretty far. So those are the risers and fallers of the week.
0: Looking at the rookies, are still the top rookie, Taylor Schleiss, P5, but not in the normal spot that we have accustomed to see him. Uh, in P17 is David Bangert, so moving more and more into the playoffs there. We talked about uh, Uncle Bob's number two team, who's in P24. He also has Uncle Bob number one, P19. So he's got two teams as a rookie, which would be really exciting to see. And then repping Zach's family in P-22 is Patrick McMeekin. So you can live vicariously through Patrick. And that's the only chance I have at the playoffs. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a team I put together
1: for him. He said, yep, I, liked, I like to uh, gamble. Let's make it happen. So I chose so he didn't even, team. He didn't pick the
0: team? Or you picked, it, you picked it for pick- him? He he, uh, he, let me
1: pick it. So, you know, wow. I can live vicariously through this. I'm still going to say my streak is going to end because it's not a Zach Dick team, uh, name wise. But Patrick Mavikin hanging in there at P22. Let's hope for a good week at Daytona.
0: And I just want to make a note here. I just checked Patrick's team. No Chase Elliott. No so, Chase Elliott. No. So, uh, but but Truex Junior is on there. So. Clearly it was a Zach, a Zach. I had, Dick I had
1: zero. I did not think Chase Elliott was going to, I knew he was going to be good, but I figured Larson would have the better year of
0: the two. Unfortunately I mean, that has not been the case. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, it's pretty impressive. So like we've mentioned one more race before we start the playoffs, the difference between first and 24th has grown to 160 points. So that gap is, is going or is, is getting bigger uh, up 19 points from last week. However, the difference between 24th and 50th is only 74 points, down five from last week. So Daytona's coming up. We we are thinking we're going to see some pretty heavy numbers and or pretty big numbers. And 74 it, that's a that's a pretty big switch or pretty big uh, swing. However, it's not outside the the uh, realm of possibility. So, looking at the first or the last four in as it would stand right now, Patrick McMeekin, Tracy Norton, number one, Matt Powers, and Robert Schaefer, number two, and your final four out, Don Brockman, Dan Grable, number two, Brian Brockman, and Adam Studer, number two. So, we've got myself with a couple teams in the in the playoffs, we've got... Uh, Robert Schaefer, maybe with a couple teams in the playoffs, Adam Studer, maybe trying to sneak one more into the, to the playoffs. So a uh, lot of, a lot of good teams and a lot of, a lot of owners that have multiple teams trying to get into the playoffs. So um, pretty exciting stuff. And I know that we will have live tweeting from Norton on uh, Saturday night, which is the Daytona race. And, so make sure that you're following that on Twitter. He'll have all kinds of live sta- live uh, updates on the race and, and live standing. So we can kind of see who's going to sneak into the playoffs and, and be our regular season champion. So make sure you're following him on Twitter, at NASCAR Norton. Let's talk about your race, Zach. Your favorite track? My favorite track. This weekend's race is called the Coke Zero
1: Sugar 400. I think it's been named pretty much every pop name known to man but this this weekend's called the coke zero sugar 400 at daytona international speedway which is also known as the world center of racing my favorite track in all of nascar just love daytona I, you know the earnhardt's race there really really strong and well that kind of is what got me hooked on daytona with that being said
0: so you would say daytona is like on your bucket list to go see a race at
1: no, I'd probably put it down to like nine or tenth actually. I think I think there's a lot better tracks around this area, uh especially on the West coast that I'd rather go see than Daytona so uh
0: yeah i mean i would I would hate to you know see if if somebody was going to Daytona and you know to watch the five hundred next year that I, I
1: would sure hope my friends would invite me if they decide to go, but apparently that's not the case. so for all you listeners out there, you're probably wondering what the heck's going on so Josh and Norton know that Daytona is my favorite racetrack. The Daytona 500 is my bucket list number one race to go see. As it
0: is ours, ours
1: too. We are starting what is now a short-lived tradition of us three guys (laughs) going to a NASCAR race once a year. We're going to Bristol here in a couple weeks. Here I am, all excited about this new tradition, and it's a tradition that ends before it even starts, really. But (laughs) these guys break the news to me on Monday. That they they're, they're taking their wives and going to the Daytona 500 next year. And I never got an invite. I didn't know what was happening. Uh, I, I'm just really hurt by that. And I can't believe our tradition ends at
0: one race at Bristol. Okay. So now I get my chance to, to, to defend myself. I so, wish judge
1: Judy was on here. Cause she decided We me. take
0: this to judge Judy. So first of all, it doesn't mean that we can't go to another race. We've already talked about going to another race next year. So the guy trip tradition has not ended yet. <laughs> however, however, let's talk about Daytona. Yes, we are going to Daytona next year with our wives. They're not coming to the race. They're going to go hang out on the beach, but sounds we're going to go to the race. Now, we had asked you months ago to say, hey, we're thinking about going to Daytona. And your words were they not? Were, oh yeah, that's, not, I can't do that. That that won't happen.
1: It was at the time. Okay, okay. So in okay. your defense, you're right, but. So you couldn't you, go, you couldn't you go. Have, you guys have not mentioned anything about Daytona since we started planning our Bristol trip, which is months ago.
0: Okay, so that's so, why it came out of left field. Okay, so even that, so put that aside. Did you, Or did you not already make plans so that you can't go to Daytona?
1: Like I told you today, nothing has been bought ticket-wise or anything like that. You can come to Daytona. Then come to Daytona. But because I'm such a busy man at work and an important guy, (laughs) I can only take one trip during our busy season, which as of now is going to be the Big East basketball tournament to see my Creighton Blue Jays when in New York City. So that is what I'm choosing. Okay? But I chose not knowing how serious you guys were about Daytona, so I'm going to leave so that, it at that.
0: So so the mistake was that you didn't take us seriously. You thought it was hyperbole. Who takes then, who does take you guys seriously? You guys are a bunch <laughs> of jokers. I mean, I, I don't know. I Hopefully someone takes us serious. I mean we're yeah. we're we're not uh, we I mean we were serious that we wanted to go. And No, it's it's all good, man. So, it's all good. Uh, I love I, I, I love giving you
1: guys a hard time. <laughs> you, you you know dang well that I'm going to make sure you hear about it probably for the
0: next we, year we which do. is fine. And- and even after that, I'm sure. So every every Daytona that comes just... until we die will be brought up about the, the time that we went without you. So Oh, yeah. You're never going to hear the end of it. For the but... record, I want this to go on record that I would like Zach to go with us. I think that would be fun. But he chose his uh, other friends, and he chose basketball over NASCAR. So i just putting it out there. That's my final say. Oh, All yeah. right. Your uh your plea I'm has injured there. You, you
1: did, you did. You, I I wasn't going to mention anything about this until until <laughs> you started it. you started poking the bear. So <laughs> that's what still I still my favorite track, still bucket list number one. <laughs> I'm just going to have to go by myself or, we'll or go, go with somebody
0: else. We're just checking it out for you. Yeah, get the lay of the land. Let me yeah, know we'll where all, all the fun stuff is. We have a really is, good so. time. We're gonna find the hotels that have the doors on the inside. Ooh, those are my favorites. My
1: favorites. <laughs> Uh, with that being said, let's let's look ahead to, to Zach's track facts of the night. The first track fact, Daytona Beach used to be the site for NASCAR races, but on the beach. They u- literally used to race cars on a stretch of the beach before they realized... Yeah, we probably need a permanent racetrack because the beach might not be a good idea to race a bunch of race cars. So they decided to build the Daytona International Speedway, and it was completed in nineteen fifty nine. Your Zach's track fact number two: the lake. So if you look, if or the track, if you look at the track on a satellite picture, or you watch the telecast live this this weekend or this Saturday. I'm sure they will mention many of times that there is a lake in the infield called Lake Lloyd. And the reason there is a lake in the infield is they literally dug a giant hole to then take the dirt and use it to bank the speedways or the speedway corners before they paved it. So this lake is a man-made lake, but that dirt is now under the racing surface and, and is what, you know, makes the corners at the Daytona we know of today. I thought that was pretty cool. I like that one. That's pretty cool. This is the track fact number three of the night. And I wanted to give a general idea of how big this track is, because unless you go see this thing in person, it is unbelievable how big this thing is. So with that being said, it sits on over 400 football fields. And the infield itself can house two Disneylands. So think about how big Disneyland is and think about how big a football field is. 400 football fields, two Disneylands shows you how massive this track is. So I wish I could see it in person this February, but again, didn't get the invite. So I can't wait to see the <laughs> pictures, pictures you, you guys take. Take some for you. Fact number four. The first race at Daytona had both hardtop and convertible race cars.
0: Oh no, this is the death one, isn't it?
1: i as far as I know, no one died. <laughs> oh, okay. But that convertible let's, let's was only allowed to race one year. And again, think about this: is at the time the fastest racetrack in NASCAR, and you're allowing convertibles to race. Which, if there is a wreck at all that involves flipping or rolling over, that person is dead.
0: It's not a good idea at
1: all. Unfor- unfortunately or fortunately, however you want to look at this, I have no deaths to report out of that convertible year.
0: I'm glad we break that streak.
1: And in the last Zach's track facts of the night, there is enough lighting at Daytona International Speedway to power a small country, it just shows you huh. again how big Daytona is and how many lights it takes to light this track up and, and allow these guys to race safely at night. So, so they, that Daytona
0: can, can get all those lights, how can these other tracks not? Is it just really a money thing? Is it? it, that it that's expensive? all it is.
1: It's all it is. It's it's all about the money and it's about the ownership group. How many races they have that year. There's quite a few NASCAR tracks that don't have lights. So, you know, during the race or, or if there is a delay at all, they've got to take that into account, which is pretty crazy in today's day and age. It's 2022, 99% of sports venues have lights. <laughs> Yet there's a couple speed. race racetracks that don't. I learned so.
0: something new about NASCAR every day. It's it's nuts.
1: Got to love the track facts. Love them. With, with Daytona in mind, I just wanted to point out Denny Hamlin leads all active drivers with three wins, and Kevin Harvick comes in second with two wins. The averages are kind of all over the place because you have like a, a guy like Austin Sindrick who's only raced at Daytona twice, have it, has an average finish of like eighth place, but he's only been there twice, so that stat really skews things in regards to an average finish, so I figured I would just point out who uh, has the most wins and second most wins at Daytona. But you got to think Harvick and Hamlin been in this sport a long time. They only have three wins and two wins. So it just puts this, you know, this race and, and this racetrack in perspective on essentially anybody in this field that has four tires, a car with an engine has a chance
0: to win this race. All right. So speaking of winning the race, I think you get to go first this week, right? I get to go first this week. I I
1: I forgot it was me going first. I I was going to base my decision on the driver that you most likely weren't going to pick out of the
0: two. I don't think you're gonna
1: guess who my driver is. Okay. Well, you're just sit. Make sure you're seated here. Brace yourself. Zach Dick is going completely, completely into a different zip code. A different area code on this pick. After last week, I am do. I need pissed... to write this
0: down just in case to see if this is the same driver.
1: With you saying this, I, I think we might be picking the same driver, which would be pretty bonkers. But my pick of the race for this weekend is Bubba Wallace.
0: Oh, okay. So, so I will tell you. That's it. I like that. Um, I couldn't bring myself to pick him. Cause, um,
1: cause of your disdain toward him. I get it. I
0: get it. I, you know, I've got a reputation to uphold. And so, yeah, I, I, I couldn't pick him on, you know, to keep the brand up. However, it's, it's a, that's a good out of left. Field. If you're not going to pick one of the favorites, I think that's a really good one. Uh, but I'm glad that you didn't pick my, my guy. I'm also going a little bit out of left field. It's a really good uh, speedway racer would cause chaos to the, to the league are you trying to guess who it is
1: i'm writing a name down as we speak so if you throw his name out there i have evidence that i think this is the guy you're going with let me see if i read your mind correctly all right let's see
0: christopher busher busher baby I got it right. Yes, you did. So I'm glad we kind of went uh <laughs> both, man, we we both went way in left
1: left field here
0: because these listen, guys I... are
1: not the favorites by any means, but I love it, man. We're we're
0: starting to we're starting to make some movement here. Any anything can happen at Daytona. I think that there's gonna be some cars that maybe that are in the playoffs that maybe try to avoid some of that uh chaos that Daytona brings. And it's—I think it's going to give a chance for for one of these drivers that knows they have to win. I feel bad for Blaney. I don't feel bad for Truex, but I feel bad for Blaney if he misses the playoffs uh, without winning and, and being second and or third in points. And but the rules are the rules. You got to win to get in. So um, it'd be interesting to see if we one of our uh, one of our wild card drivers gets the victory.
1: So with those two drivers in mind, if you had to pick like a, like a betting odds favorite in, in regard, like just who do you think is a favorite that could also win the race?
0: Oh, man, you know, there's so many drivers. I Again, if you, if you're going to pick a favorite, it has to be Chase Elliott because the guy, you know, he's going to be at the, at the front and, it just takes you know the leaders battling and he could be running in fourth and the top three cars take themselves out and he ends up winning um i don't think he's going to push it to to win but it it very well could be fall into to someone's lap and i'm going to take the person that's been in that you know that top of the running order for for all year so who's your who's your wild card or your favorite
1: well so i'm i'm just going to play devil's advocate here you're saying that these guys who are already locked in the playoffs are going to maybe race conservatively at Daytona, and I think it's going to be the exact opposite. Okay. They have nothing to lose. If you know the, a win is worth five playoff points that they carry over into the playoffs, they, point. I think, are going to be racing harder than they usually or otherwise would for the simple fact that if they win, that is an extra five points that will help pad them in the playoffs, in case they do
0: have a bad race, and Chase Elliott feels like he probably got robbed of five points uh last week, so maybe, yeah, maybe you're right. He he comes out and and those guys are are being aggressive with their driving because they they don't have anything to lose. I mean, that'd be more fun. And I, yeah, and, and I do
1: think they might be. You know, you see a different strategies at Daytona and Talladega and now Atlanta all the time. I I think those guys that might you know be already in the playoffs or, or have a pretty solid cushion going into the playoffs I think they're gonna race pretty conservatively to start because they don't want to get caught up in a wreck I think those guys are probably going to race at the back of the pack for at least the first stage maybe the second but once that third stage starts I think those guys are going to be just as aggressive as anybody else out there trying to trying to get that win and and when again those important five playoff points? come Are you going to get to time, watch but the uh,
0: the race live?
1: I will not be able. To, I, I most likely won't watch the race live, but I'll make sure it's taped so I can watch it out uh, out in Colorado. I'm I'm going to be on vacation this weekend, so I'm going to watch it no matter what. But I'm going to. I'll probably end up taping it just for for those circumstances alone. But the 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 other driver I was torn about. I, I was between two guys. And the other driver, and you mentioned him earlier, is Ryan Blaney. Ryan Blaney won this race last year that propelled him into the playoffs. He is really good at these super speedway tracks. Penske, Penske has a lot of speed. So he was going to be my other choice. I actually but thought for that's some what you going to go with. Just, <laughs> it was between Bubba Wallace and Ryan Blaney. So both guys that need wins to essentially make the playoffs assuming there's going to be a new winner at Daytona, which I think there is, this is probably the best chance that we've seen all year for another new winner to, uh, to come out victorious. So with that being said, I'm going to stick with Bubba Wallace. You're going with Chase Elliott.
0: No, I'm not. Or, you know, you're going with
1: Chris Buescher. You're going with Chris Buescher. Give me Chase. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. (laughs) Screw that guy. I hope he gets wrecked again by Kyle Larson. That'd be great. Oh, but wow. anyways, what our you... two picks are out of left field. They're not going to be you know in the top two or three favorites, but we'll see uh, we'll see if one of us can get on the uh, board here sooner than later.
0: Anything can happen? All right, man. Enjoy the uh, enjoy your vacation and uh, enjoy the race and we'll talk to you next week.
1: Sounds good and this episode was supported by paradiseexecutiveproperties.com. With winter coming up, now is a great time to book a trip to Lake of the Ozarks, and Paradise Executive Properties has you covered. They've got several modern and fully furnished homes that sleep up to 19 people. So bring your friends and your family down to create a memory that will last a lifetime. For more information or to book your reservation, visit paradiseexecutiveproperties.com. Josh, another good episode, buddy.